Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Spatulous Podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Cook, and each week we will be learning together the not-so-common knowledge things about the kitchen. This podcast is for all aspiring adults who may need a little help creating meals at home that are safe to eat and good enough to share. In each episode, we put recipes aside and share fundamental ideas behind how food works, including in cooking techniques that can be applied to anything found in your kitchen to save you embarrassment, time, and money. So guys, huh, this has been a wild week. I'm still in the middle of moving into my new space, which I'm still super excited about. But uh, just can I be honest with you guys? This has been, I've moved a couple of times in my lifetime, but this has by far been the most just unprofessional move. Um, I was, my lease started officially on the 1st of the month of November, but uh, the place wasn't cleaned or painted or anything um, by then. Um, So it's been going back and forth with uh, the landlord to kind of get that taken care of. Um, so hopefully next week I will be able to move into my new place. I have to move out of my new, my old place by then anyway. So, but I have started to order some material that, um, can soundproof my new recording room that'll be in my new place. Uh, so I've been looking up some resources. So if you guys know of any, uh, great tips to soundproof a room or just to kind of add that I should add to my sound studio, definitely send that to me. Um, you can email me, um, at info, I N F O at Evelyn cook, E V E L Y N C O O K E.com. Or you can DM me, um, on Facebook or on Instagram. Instagram is underscore Ev cooks. That's underscore E V C O O K S. Um, but yeah, so I've started to add those stuff, but I can't lie. It's been a stressful week, but thank goodness we have this kitchen cooking and cleaning playlist because that's really honestly helped me get through just the week when I can just put on the playlist. That kind of just brightens my mood, makes me want to even cook and not order out every day, which I tend to do when I'm a little bit more stressed. It has kept me a little bit more grounded to still try to cook at home a little bit more, even if it's just quick meals. Um, And so, yeah, I've been doing that a little bit more um, while I've been home and, you know, just getting in the zone. And that's definitely helped calm me, take my mind off of it. Almost like the adult coloring books or Sudoku puzzles or listening to music in general, um, the music plus the cooking just really calms me down. And maybe it can calm you down too. So definitely a great tip if you're finding yourself stressful. It won't feel natural when you start it, but once you get the music going, this playlist definitely has some songs that whatever it is in the music, um, it's going to brighten your mood. Um, So into today's episode, today's you know, topic, we're continuing on in our survey, uh, series rather, of our um, cooking basics. So we're continuing to build our capsule of tools that we can add to our toolbox to be able to, you know, put together meals in a way that will last us over multiple days. That we we don't feel like we're tied to a specific recipe or any specific ingredients. We really can start to get creative and mix and match the vegetables, proteins, and sides, and starches that we have already at our disposal 
at our disposal or that we're having a taste for for that night. Um, so today um, we're following up on last week's episodes. Last week we talked about roasting vegetables, which is one of my favorite techniques. However, not always do you have time to sit and watch and, and roast vegetables in the oven. You have to factor in the time to preheat the oven. Um, so today's episode is going to be all about sauteing, which is my go-to uh, quick way to make vegetables. Um, now, I will say that, you know, other quick ways like steaming or boiling vegetables are fine. However, this is my go-to, especially when I was starting out because I didn't need a steamer basket. Um, I didn't have to rely on a microwave. I didn't have to really have anything fancy to cook the vegetables. And then also this will help retain some of the nutritional value a little bit better than just straight up boiling vegetables. Um, but again, I know when you're struggling, sometimes all you know how to do is just throw it in a pot with water and put it on. But I'm telling you guys today how to kind of elevate your experience with cooking and saute vegetables is definitely a go-to not only at home, but even in restaurants is a quick way to add some color to your plate, um, to brighten it up with some tasty, tasty, colorful vegetables um, full of nutrition. So... Uh, what you'll need to start to saute is going to be a nonstick saute pan, which I'll go more into detail about what that looks like. You'll need your spatula, of course. Um, you'll need uh, your vegetables. You'll need oil, and you can use olive oil, vegetable oil, canola oil, um, most oils for the most part, because we're not going to do super high heat today. Now, if you're frying um, and doing super high heat, um, different oils will matter. Um, but for today, you'll be good with anything from an olive oil um, to vegetable oil, canola oil. You also need garlic, um, onion, salt, pepper. Um, now, just to take a moment to talk about spices, garlic and onion, that's really the basis of anything that I cook, especially if I'm cooking something stovetop really quickly. Um, that's kind of the, the basics that you'll see across all types of cuisines and cultures is starting off with um, garlic, and that doesn't have to always be, you know, fresh garlic that you've bought and crushed yourself, which that is the ideal way. However, I am a firm believer in buying minced garlic and onion already packaged, and that could be either chilling in water in a jar. I know I have a huge jar of minced garlic in my refrigerator that I kind of keep on hand, um, but they also have sell dried minced garlic and onion in the spices section of the grocery store. Those are great and handy and are probably the only seasonings um, in addition to salt and pepper that actually like I finish in my kitchen. Everything else, paprika, <laughs> um, parsley, like I can hold on to those seasonings for quite some time. Um, but those are like my go-to because they just add an evenness of flavor um, and they help bring out a lot of flavors from the rest of my meal, no matter what I'm making. So if you're going to the grocery store, again, spices are not cheap. So I definitely understand, but I would say your army to get started with is definitely going to be salt, pepper, onion, garlic. And you'll hear me repeat that. And pretty much anything we're going to be making together um, is to utilize those ingredients because they're so good and they're so simple and they go a long way. And then you can get fancy from there. You can build flavors from there. Uh, but at the very least, you want those um, ingredients. So Yes. Um, once you have those things kind of on hand, now let's get to sauteing. So you're going to grab your largest pan. So a saute pan, if you're not 
sure which one that is. It's the one of the ones that's a little bit more shallow. Um, it's you know shorter than like a pot that you would boil water in, um, and it's much wider, so it usually takes up more space on the stovetop um, because it's going to allow for more surface space to be able to fit items um, to have direct contact to the actual surface of the food, which is great. So that um, when we're sautéing, you want we we're going to want all of our vegetables to have direct contact with the surface of the pan itself and to be able to be spread out um, so that they can cook and they can brown up nicely. Um, when you have a shallow kind of pot, it's a little bit harder because not every vegetable is or every piece of food is going to have direct contact to it. It's going to be harder for it to cook. And with sauteing, if you cook it for too long, your food will start to get mushy. Um, and if it's not directly touching the surface of it, it's just relying on the steam and the residual heat from the other food. And that could actually make your food mushy as well. Um, so yeah, your saute pan is going to be shorter, wider, and usually is going to have a longer handle on it. And that's how you'll know it's the right one. You want to get the largest one that you own and that you have. Um, next, we're going to talk about the vegetables, just like we did in the last episode. Um, size and type of vegetable does matter when you're sauteing because certain types of vegetables are going to cook shorter or faster, or the signs of telling if they're done will be a little bit different. Um, so, and then I also want to mention here that um, compared to roasting uh, with sauteing, I... I don't, I do still use frozen vegetables to saute. However, it's going to take a little bit more time than if you're using fresh vegetables because you're going to have to cook out the water content that's going to come from uh, using fresh, uh, using frozen vegetables rather. Um, and the great thing is when you're picking your vegetables, and I don't think I mentioned this last time, but um, with vegetables, when it comes to frozen versus canned versus fresh. Um, frozen is actually a great option in most cases, especially if it's fr flash frozen, is because it's going to get frozen at its peak of ripeness, of its nutritional value, and so you're getting as close to that um, as possible. Um, however, when you cook it, it will um, impact the texture. When you use fresh vegetables, we have to realize, especially living in America, those of us that are listening in the United States of America, um, our vegetables weren't picked the day before as much as we'd like to believe that we, um, you know, have fresh produce when we go to the grocery store. A lot of it has been picked up to a year in advance and it has been transported from overseas to the United States. It's been stored a certain way. It's been coated in waxes and different materials to be able to preserve its aesthetic and what it looks like um, to get it to, to your to your grocery store. So um, really pay attention to um, what ingredients are at your store, what they look like. Um, now more and more stores are disclosing information about uh, seasonality of the vegetables that they have. Um, if the 
they'll give you a window or they'll tell you exactly where the vegetable has come from. So you can see, you know, if it's come from your state or if it's come from another country. Usually if it's coming from another country, that means that produce is no longer in season. And usually that also signals to me, I might want to check out that vegetable in a frozen option because that at least, that at least would reassure me to know that this is been picked closer to its ripeness. It's been frozen and a little and protected in a little bit safer way. Um, so I hope that wasn't too confusing. DM me if, if you want to talk more about just seasonality, um, but that's a whole other episode on its own. So once you've picked your vegetables, again, uh, you want to keep your softer vegetables together. You want to keep your kind of green beans and everything together. Like frozen vegetables you can cook together. Um, your broccolis, if they're fresh broccolis or harder vegetables, you want to keep those together because it's going to take a little bit more time to break them down. Um, and then whatever vegetables that you're getting, you definitely want to rinse them off because like I said, who knows what they're coated with. Um, but frozen vegetables, you can actually just go ahead and don't really usually rinse them off. I kind of just go ahead and put them in my pan. Um, but fresh vegetables, definitely you want to rinse off and then pat it dry with a paper towel because again, any excess water um, that we have in the vegetables or on the vegetables can cause uh, the oil to pop when we add it later. So next you're gonna put your saute pan um, on the stovetop and you're gonna put it at medium heat or medi to medium high heat. Um, if you have a gas stove, what that literally means is that uh, the flame that you see is gonna be directly, your eyeball it, it's gonna be in between having it on the lowest, lowest of flame to full flame. So you wanna eyeball to see what it looks like when it's directly in the middle of that and that should be a good spot for you to cook at. If you have a newer stove, usually it'll mark with numbers on the knob, um, the temperature that, uh, or the number that would signal medium or the middle number. Um, so you can trust that. So if it's a one to 10 scale on your stove uh, top or knob, you can do a five or six um, and, and be safe. Um, and then again, you'll watch it by eye if you see that it's taking a little bit too long to cook or it's starting to get mushy, you can turn up the heat or if it's cooking too fast, you can turn down the heat. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But to start, medium is going to be great. Then next, you're going to take your oil and you're going to coat the bottom of the pan just enough to coat it. We're not frying, so we don't want an inch deep well of oil. Um, we don't need it pooling in, in you know, in any one side of the pan. Um, I, you really just want, you know, for measurement's sake, one to two tablespoons. Or if you don't have tablespoons, you can do the capful of the actual bottle of the oil. You can do one or two capfuls of oil in the cap itself of the bottle. Um, and that's usually roughly about a tablespoon. Um, go ahead and put that in your pan so it can start heating up a little bit. And then next you're going to add in your garlic. So garlic usually goes in first so that you can start to release the flavors for the garlic, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later in our word of the day. So stay tuned, keep listening for the word of the day where I'll go into all the details about that. Um, but go ahead and add in your garlic and get that moving around. Um, and you want to see your garlic start to turn translucent a little bit. Um, and what that means is you want, uh, your garlic will go from like this bright white to being a little bit more transparent, a little bit more clear. Um, and it might start to brown a little bit. 
Um, but at that point, then you can add in your vegetables and you're just going to leave your vegetables alone. Again, you don't want to overcrowd your vegetables to where they're kind of stacked on top of each other at all. The point of sauteing versus steaming is that we want that direct contact of the food to the pan so that we can get a nice color um, and we're not cooking it too long. We do want to maintain some of the crunch of the larger vegetables. Um, and if we're doing leafy greens, um, we don't want to overcook it and, you know, have it super, super wilted. But um, at this point, we're going to cook it for about two, three minutes um, ish. But really what we're looking for better than a time is to see that the bottom of our vegetables is starting to brown. And note, the leafy greens won't start to brown, but they will wilt. And, you know, the joke is always about how spinach kind of just shrinks and you start off with a large batch and it kind of dwindles to nothing. So you'll start to see it um, shrink a little bit. Um, especially the parts of the leaves that are at the very bottom touching the surface. Now, um, at this point, um, once you start to see some browning and cooking going on the bottom, then you're going to use your spatula to flip and move around the vegetable so that you can get even cooking and browning on all the sides of the vegetables. Um, once you see that it's gotten to a place where you got good color on all the sides, um, you can add in more of your seasoning. So um, this is where you'll add in your salt, your pepper. Um, again, you don't want to go too crazy with your salt. You don't want to overdo it, especially just starting out. Salt can um, not only make the food too salty very easily, but, you know, there's also health implications about adding too much salt, and we definitely don't want to give people high blood pressure. So go ahead, add um, a little bit of salt, some pepper, but then you can also use this moment to add any more seasonings that you want to try. Any herbs, oregano, parsley um, will work well with uh, most vegetables. Um so you can add that in. This is also a moment to add in if you have like a salt-free pre-mixed seasoning. Um, I won't shout out any particular brands because uh, nobody's sponsoring this podcast at this point. <laughs> However, um, there's tons of uh, pre-mixed, you know, vegetable seasonings, or even I sometimes use just post poultry seasonings for my vegetables, um, especially if, or the same seasonings I'm using for whatever meat that I'm cooking at that time, just so there's a little bit of consistency. Um, but I do recommend going with salt-free. That way you can control the amount of salt that gets added to your food. Um, but if you have a seasoning that includes salt and in the ingredients listed on it, then skip the step that I mentioned earlier about adding salt um, on your own, um, just because, you again, you don't want to add too much salt. Um and then, so next, after you add your seasoning and do a generous coating over the, all the vegetables right directly in the pan as it's cooking, um, you can use your spatula to kind of mix it around so that all the vegetables get nicely coated um, in the pan. Then um, after, you know, maybe five minutes total cooking time, you can start to test your vegetables. Um, depending on the type of vegetables, it can take anywhere from five to 12 minutes to really saute it, um, depending on how hard it is. But, you know, set a timer if you're doing other things. But um, after about five minutes, I'll usually start testing it to see what's what it's looking like, what it's tasting like. Um, so, you know, again, it's done when it's the vegetables are more tender, um, when you stick a fork in it, um, and they're starting to brown all over as you're moving it. 
um, a lot more. And I want to say brown, they're not black. They're not burnt. They're, you know, just nicely getting color on them. And that's from the oil and the heat um, coming together on it and giving it a nice color. If you're nervous about overcooking it, definitely go ahead and taste it. Um, cooking is all about to your taste and your liking. So if you like your vegetables a little bit harder, um, you don't have to cook it as long. If you do want them softer, go ahead and cook them longer. Um, but take a fork and go ahead, stick it in, get a piece, blow it because it's going to be hot. But um, take a bite, taste it, see if you like it. This is also a great moment to see if you want to add more salt or a different seasoning. Um, and you can add to your own taste. Um, but those are the basic steps. And then once you do see it's tender to your liking, um, it's nicely coated in browns, or again, if you're dealing with leafy greens, everything is nicely, you know, everything is wilted, um, nicely, go ahead and you can take it off of the heat and transfer it into a nice bowl or whatever you're going to be serving it in, or just onto a plate is fine. Um, but that's the basics of sauteing, guys. Um, it's not very complicated. Like I said, it's my go-to quick way to make vegetables when I don't have a lot of time or even a lot of ingredients. I might just have vegetables and my seasonings and oil. It's really what you need um, to get started with sauteing. So just to recap, we're going to grab our largest saute pan. Um, we're going to make sure our vegetables are around the same size and the same type. And just to keep it simple, you can just cook one type of vegetable at a time. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but you're going to make sure that whatever you're cooking with is similar in size. You're going to put it on medium heat. Um, and then you're going to add just enough oil to coat the bottom of your pan. Um, but if for measurement's sake, that's one to two tablespoons or one to two capfuls from the oil bottle container. Um, you're going to add in your garlic to the pan um, to get that started first with the heat and the oil until it turns translucent. Or as we mentioned before, um, it goes from a, a, a white color to more see-through, more transparent. Then you'll add your vegetables, leave them alone for about three minutes till the bottom of the vegetables start to get browned. And then you'll flip them and start to rotate them with your spatula. And um, once you get a good coating of color, then you'll add your seasonings to it, including salt and pepper and any other herbs or spices you want to try out. Um, but keep it simple. And then you're going to test for doneness. You're going to give it a taste. Um, if you like your vegetables a little bit on the harder side, you don't have to cook them as long. If you want them a little bit more tender, you can cook them a little bit longer. Um, but it's all to your own taste, guys. Um, have fun with it. It's um, not meant to be stressful. There's low risk of doing much wrong. And, you know, if you're noticing some of my troubleshooting tips with sauteing, um, if you're noticing that the oil is cooking out fast and things are getting very dark um, very fast um, in the pan um, and you don't know why, um, definitely first add a little bit more oil, maybe another tablespoon or cap full of oil to the pan just to replace what might have cooked out. And go ahead and turn down your flame a little bit because that might mean that your flame is a little bit too high or your stovetop just runs a little bit hotter than some others. Um, and then also if you see that your food is kind of not cooking fast enough, if it's starting to get really mushy or not look good, that's a signal that you might want to turn up your flame and you may if you see oils pooling in the bottom of your 
pan, that might mean that you have too much oil. And so take a spoon and very carefully um, maybe scoop out some oil and put it into a separate container and let the oil cool down before um, disposing of it, throwing it away. Um, I say very carefully because especially if you're dealing with a gas stove, you do not want your oil uh, to come in contact directly with the flame at all. So be very careful because we don't want to start a fire. Um, so those are the basics of sauteing, guys. I hope this was helpful. And, you know, if you have any questions, if you are sauteing and you're running into issues, feel free to message me. Um, you can reach out to me by email or DM. Again, my email is info at evelyncook.com. Um, which is be in the show notes. You can also DM me on Instagram, which is, which is in the show notes as well. Um, and that brings us to our kitchen word of the day, which we've mentioned a little bit earlier. But when we were talking about garlic, the reason why we add garlic to our recipes earlier on when we're just having the oil in the pan is because garlic is oil soluble. So what soluble means kind of in everyday kind of scientific terms, it means that it's able to be dissolved. But in cooking terms, soluble means that um, with certain ingredients, uh, this particular item releases more flavor when it's combined with certain ingredients, right? So garlic is oil sol soluble, meaning that when it's combined with oil that it has been heated, especially in cooking oil, um, it will release more flavors. Um, the flavors from the garlic itself will be enhanced and start to permeate and um, be extracted from the garlic itself in, into the oil so that the oil itself will now get flavored because of the garlic. And that's what's going to allow that garlic flavor not to just be in those individual pieces of garlic, but it'll be able to transfer to the oil, which will touch all of your food so you'll get that um, even garlic taste throughout all of your food. Um, another example of something that's soluble, um, there's a lot of ingredients that are water soluble, which means that when they're added to water, especially heat, hot water, um, same thing will happen, that it's more likely to extract um, the flavors of that item. The most popular example I can think of something water soluble is tea. If you put tea a tea bag in a jar of oil, nothing's really going to happen. Even if it's hot oil, nothing's really going to happen. If you taste the oil later on, you won't really taste the chamomile on the oil. However, if you put tea in hot water, we all know what's going to happen. So um, that's how you kind of understand it. And I really didn't understand that until I got to culinary school to understand how that kind of worked or why certain things happen. I just knew that all recipes would call for adding in garlic first. And, you know, I didn't really understand the purpose of it. So um, if you guys want to get fancy when you're talking to your friends and family, you can throw in oil soluble or water soluble ingredients and talk about how, you know, your tea has been diffused because it's soluble um, or talk about why your friends should have put garlic in first. Um, but again, soluble is spelled S-O-L-U-B-L-E and you can look it up and Google more about it yourself, guys. Um, but yes, that's uh, the kitchen word of the day. Um, the song of the day, guys, Oh my goodness. So I don't, I probably mentioned this, but I studied abroad in Japan not too long ago, but it's only been recently that I discovered a Japanese 
R&B artist. His name is Syrup, S-I-R-U-P. And I've just been falling in love with his whole discography and things that I found on Spotify. Um, the song that I'm adding to the playlist today is called Maybe. And it's a real upbeat kind of song. Now, I study Japanese, but I'm not fluent by any means. So I still don't know half of the stuff that he's saying, but he does kind of do like a Japanese half English type of vibe. Uh, but the beat, you like, you listen to it and you can almost kind of make up what he's saying. But definitely like if you feel so inclined, Google the lyrics, have a translator um, to make you feel better. But I love the song, love, love, love the song and a lot of songs that he has. So guys, check Syrup out um, on the Kitchen Cooking and Cleaning playlist, um, which just now on. Um, don't ever say that I didn't put y'all on to some cool hot music. Um, but yeah, so that's the song of the day. Um, definitely have fun in the kitchen, guys. Um, it's a crazy time that we're in now. There's stressors all around us. So if you can take an hour or 30 minutes or even 15 minutes to cook for yourself, get in the zone, make it a whole experience, you know, get the music going and get all your senses working. Maybe have a glass of wine or some water, some juice as you're cooking, but making an experience, have fun with it, guys. Um, you get five gold stars for adulting today because you've come this far and you're still choosing to take steps towards you being a better adult and learning how to improve your cooking at home. Um, so shout out to you for getting this far. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely uh, be sure to share it with your friends and your network and people that you think could benefit from the gems that we're dropping each week on this episode, on these shows and in these episodes. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and a review. Uh, the stars are good, but leaving worded, long, lengthy messages of praises or your feedback, honest feedback is great. That's what's going to be able to let other potential listeners know that this is the podcast that they should be listening for. So again, I want to thank you for listening and I will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye.